Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win-Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. In our last episode, I shared some game-changing strategies that I use to expose the core and the root of problems with buyers. Executing this approach can be extremely challenging for both sides of the buyer-seller relationship, but it can happen if done with the right intentions and developing this powerful skill. For today's episode, I'm going to bring Wes Bays back on for him and I to discuss a little bit further in detail on what I was talking about with the framework on how to approach this with the outcome in mind for both sides of the buyer-seller relationship to flourish. We will also answer some of the questions that were sent in by our listeners with them trying to put the pieces of this puzzle together. Before kicking it up a couple notches and diving in, take the time and click on the link in the description box. You will find more information about our show, how to connect with myself and my team, a feedback form for you to share some of your takeaways on what you're learning with our episodes, and any kind of offers that we mention with the episodes. Just to let you know, anything that we do offer on this show will be free and is our way of showing our appreciation with everyone tuning in. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back. What's going on, my man? You doing all right? All good things, Chris. How about yourself? Come on now. Any day to ends in Y. I got to move, man. Move. Let's get it. Absolutely. Wes, I know I covered a lot of information on Monday's episode, but for the most part, what jumped out to you the most about the framework on how to approach a difficult conversation or even trying to approach a sensitive topic that you know it's sensitive because you push that trigger and you're conscious enough that the other person or the buyer in the situation got a little silent, got quiet. Maybe they withdraw from away from the conversation. I mean, what jumped out to you? Yeah, the what I think the biggest... I I guess the big idea that I got from the whole thing uh, was that to listen more than you speak, right? right? Because when they're withdrawing from you, it's because you're doing all the talking, right? And maybe you're, like you said on the call, you're you're more like telling stories about yourself. 
right? Talking more about yourself and you're not really engaging that other person. And so where I believe the, you know, a great part of that was to talk more about listening, right? Listening more, listening with intent. And then the other part, which you just mentioned is being conscious of, of what's going on in that conversation, right? And it all goes back to everything we've been talking about from an emotional intelligence standpoint. Um, but if there's one key thing I could pull out of that for people to really take away, it would be listen, listen to understand. Uh, don't just listen to respond and, and don't just hijack a conversation. The more they're talking, the better. You want to keep them talking, but you want to keep them on topic. Right. You know, I listen to a lot of calls. This is what I do for companies, Wes. You know this and a lot of listeners probably do know. When I'm listening to a phone call, what I'm looking for is what they're not doing and, and maybe some of the things they're not saying. Because when you're approaching this kind of conversation, what you're trying to get them to do is open up and trust you. For a lot of people, this could be a very sensitive topic and it could be something in that they protected themselves you know, with over the years and shielded themselves with. I see it as a opportunity. Most salespeople see it as something that's going to potentially ruin the outcome they're looking for. Because you hear a lot of people right now, they'll get on the phone. Hey, Wes, how's it going? Yeah. They're over enthusiastic for no reason. Like, what are you so excited about? You got a mouse in your pocket? What's up? <laughs> right. Why are you so excited? Right. When they start asking questions, they, they're very structured and there's no outcome there. I mean, you're just getting information. I mean, I can ask four or five different questions to get the actual real answer I'm looking for. I hope this makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the outcome in mind first and, and having an objective. Right? And so the, because what we talked about from previous episodes, if people were listening, is that, you know, a lot of times if you're coming off, coming off as over enthusiastic, it could seem inauthentic. And also it could potentially show that you're not too confident at the same time, right? Maybe you're trying to put on a persona. Right. And so what, where I go with it on every call, you know, and, and I'm not getting on a call sounding like the most boring person in the world. You know, that's not what we're saying. It's more that at the, if, if your family member called you right now, you're not picking up the phone like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? Unless you haven't talked to them in a thousand years, which is that's a whole different story. But right. the but the whole point is I get on it when my when I'm looking to get on a call. I'm going to get on a call. I'm going to set the expectation first, which is the expectation is the outcome, mm -hmm. meaning that why I'm here on this call right now is because I'm looking to understand X, Y, and Z. And not because I'm trying to sell you something, not because I'm trying to do anything, but try to figure out whatever it is. So for that particular call, if I already have I've had, and I know you mentioned this on, on Monday's episode, if I've already spoke to the person before, and maybe there's something specific that I need to identify, mm. right? And I know that you mentioned there, Chris, or you were talking about, you know, hey, I apologize. I, I, I don't know how I missed this kind of type of an approach. But the whole point is, you know, I want the whole point of this call is because I'm looking to understand or figure out this or help you be able to get to this outcome. And so now we can start, now I can start asking you better questions and you understand why I'm asking them and you can give me better responses leading up to that ideal outcome. A lot of people say, Wes, they have to have a pinpoint approach. It's a very sensitive situation. You're trying to get them to trust you. But one of the questions were pertaining to how do you manage you know, a very difficult conversation? I mean, how would you answer that question? I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of approach or approaches or strategies that you'll hear of. But what I believe what it comes down to is empathy. You know, For one, you got to approach it with empathy and, and understanding. And so take yourself out of the frame. And stop looking at yourself, you know, looking at it from anything that has to do with you personally. Mm. Right? It's the same way as if you think about it, when people go out 
up to to do public speaking, right? You know, you got to understand most like 99.9% of that room doesn't care about you and they're not looking for you to fail, right? And they're not, you know, but you go up there because you're so worried about their judgment, Mm. right? And when you approach a difficult situation, you got to approach it in the same way. Stop looking at it from your own point of view as far as like, how does this look on me or things along those lines? Look at it from the from the sense of or the lens of how can I help this person and what do wh- what do I need to be in order for this person to have an ideal outcome? Mm. And it changes your perspective. It does. It does completely. Usually I would always give advice to someone, you know, speaking on stage that maybe gets a little stage fright. What that is is you're just not used to doing it. Anything you do over time and you're trying to focus on anything with value, it takes time and practice. But when you, especially when you're growing on stage, you're looking at it like, okay, I'm not really used to everyone staring at me at the same time and get a little frustrated or flustered. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I mean, for granted for myself, I mean, I never give a shit what anyone's going to say about me anyway. <laughs> it, it is what it is. They don't pay my bills. You know, like I guess in that type of situation, you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, because of what it comes down to is that you know, you're in that position now and you're you're looked at as the authority or you're looked at someone who's supposed to deliver something. So you have, you feel like there's certain expectations on you. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to that difficult conversation, it's in the same way. It's like, okay, there's, there's an ex, whether it's an expectation on me to solve this problem or to make things better. And you put all these expectations on yourself before you ever go into it to where now it's, you're all over the place, right? You're, you don't know how to handle that situation. You know, just go into it. There's no expectation on you. Just go into it to listen go into it to understand, and then go into it to, to solve afterwards. After you've done those two things, you can start thinking about solving, but not solving right away. It's just that that's where your intention is. Mm. And so, or if you have to deliver news to someone, like if you have to tell them something that you know is going to make them angry or upset or things along those lines, this, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to remove yourself from that emotion. You have to remove yourself from that expectation and just... You have to, it's, and it's funny because it all starts with yourself, right? So we're talking about somebody else, you know, delivering news or, or being able to have a difficult conversation with someone else, but it all has to do with you and not to do with you like as the conversation it has to do with your mindset and how you view it and approach it. And, you know, and that's, and it goes the same thing for anything else that you do that there's nerve wracking, right? We're always nervous going up on stage to talk, but there's levels to it. And so if my mindset is in a certain place, it lowers the amount of nervousness or that anxiety or that stomach turning feeling that I have. Um, you know, and so, and then the other thing is don't live in the future, you know, just the, like I was making a call the other day, um, and it was a very similar call call to what we're talking about here. And it was one of those things to where I didn't really think about the call until after I dialed the phone number. Right. And because if I did, then, then I'm going to just have a stomach turning anxiety because I didn't want to have that kind of a conversation. So again, you got to remove yourself from that frame. I get totally get what you're saying right there. Have you ever seen that movie? Something is jumping out to me when you were talking. And I was like searching for it on my phone just now because <laughs> I couldn't find the name of the movie in my head. Have you ever seen the movie? It's years ago. It's Robin Williams and Kubo um, Gooding Jr. What is it? Uh, what Dreams May Come. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's about, you know, he dies and his wife ends up committing suicide or whatever. I don't want to lead with like that horrible type of thing, but Kubo Gooding Jr. was his angel, right? He went, had to go tell Robin Williams that your wife has died. And he walked up to him and said, we're about to go through something very difficult right now. But I want you to know I'm here with you and I'm going to be here with you until the end of this, until you feel like you can handle it on your own. 
What did he just do? He created a safe environment. Completely. He set expectations. Right. Yeah. Same thing in sales, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. When you feel threatened, you may abandon what you want to say instead of to choose to protect yourself by, for example, staying quiet or punishing others or punishing yourself. If I penetrate too deep or if I try and I push too many nerves or I hit too many triggers going in, that's going to hit a, set off a bunch of bombs around it. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, especially because you can't go from from zero to a high emotion, right? So like if I'm if I'm delivering bad news right to you and um, I'm not going to come to you and just be like, this is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not just going to or I'm not going to say things that are going to evoke certain emotions, right? And so you got to it's a lead up, right? You got to lead up to it like that movie is a I mean, that's a beautiful example. I mean, you 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 set the expectation. Now the person understands there's something bad. That, that's about to happen and they start to their emotions don't get spiked to the point to where they're they're out of control but they start to form that emotion of hey something is about to happen but what happens is now i can start putting some logic behind it at the same time mm-hmm. as i'm feeling this way so where that when i i am delivered that completely that bad news i i can take it a bit better i can think a bit differently on it it may still hurt Right. It may still be not, you know, it still may be sad. It still may be whatever it is. Right. Um, offensive or whatever it may be. Right. Well, however, you know, whatever the situation. But at least now, uh, you know, I, I my emotions didn't get spiked in such a way that that I'm, I'm feeling out of control. Right. Or I'm responding. I'm responding emotionally. And right. so I, I love that example. I think it's a perfect example of how this works. Because if you always start with yourself, with your, you know, I remember I said it before, like your hat in your hand or you lead with your heart, you'll never lose. You're leading with your intentions. You're talking about yourself for a second and what you're going to do for them rather than, hey, this is something that's holding you back. You're going to have to deal with that shit and move on. They have a golden opportunity and the buyer's not even saying to them what they want to say because they got their guard up and they don't ask the what, when, why question to get a little deeper and figuring out what they're really looking for and what they meant by that. Or what they didn't mean by it. Because, you know, people can misinterpret everything completely and miss it. I think that this is the next question that people sent in, right? And the listeners is that if you find yourself stumped and you approach the situation and you're inviting them to engage with you and they're okay and they're like, okay, I trust them a little bit or I trust her a little bit. I'm open to what they have to say, but I'm kind of... I'm still a little like, I don't know if I should run or put my guard up again. So if you say something close that's going to hit that trigger, they're going to jump again because it's, it's new for them. Sometimes they suppress these feelings and they've suppressed them so long that they, be, they get so deep and it really hurts them. And the question was, is that what happens and what do you do if you hit the wrong button when you're in there and they trust you? You just return back to the dialogue, don't you, us? Or do you not? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, it depends. It definitely, definitely depends on the situation, right? So it's definitely this is where situational awareness really comes in. Mm-hmm. So if I can just take it back to, if I can just ignore the piece, right, and go back to normally how we communicate and go through that, just go back through our process. I will if it's not severe. But mm-hmm. if I completely screwed something up, right? If I said something that I really shouldn't have said, I'll own it, and so. Because again, I got to build, I got to authenticity and honesty is, is going to build up more of that trust and credibility. Mm -hmm. And so 
so if if well, I'll say it and I'll stop right there and I'll even if I need to apologize, I'll apologize. I'll say, hey, you know, this is not I didn't mean to, to take it this way or I didn't mean for you to take it this way. But then I'll use it as an opportunity too if I can. Right. So if I said something and it triggered you wrong, right? And now I I'll own it. I may apologize for it. But then I'm not going to just some sometimes I'm not just going to ignore it. Now I'm going to go after it. I'd be like, why did you feel this way? I'm going to start asking questions around it, you know, and through that emotional, I guess, leap that they had, I can start to dig into maybe some of the things that they're not telling me mm-hmm. based off of how they responded as right. well. And so we'll use everything as an opportunity. But if you've completely, if like, if you're royally screwed up, just own it. I mean, that's the best thing I could tell you. Yeah. I mean, if you embrace it, embrace failure, embrace anything. We talked about, you know, going on stage and, and not really wanting to get booed off stage. I mean, you know me, Wes, and it's I have to get engagement from the crowd. Right? I mean, that's why it's so difficult yeah. with podcasts. I got to get engagement. Like, I got to know what the hell's going on. Right. So the main thing is, is figuring out, okay, what can we do to spark a rise with the crowd and then changing the emotional state of everybody there? I might start with a joke. And if it, even if it bombs, I'm going to embrace that joke bombing. You got to have fun. Just be yourself, man. Right. But when you're going to like dig back into and trying to recover from a difficult situation, something that helps me, and I know the question was, hey, what do you do when things go wrong in these types of situations? You don't want to hurt the buyer or hurt, like, ruin that relationship potentially. What helps me is that during that intro and during that, I guess, opening statement that I would make and say, listen, I'm going to be here for you. And this is going to be difficult, but I'm going to help you through this. If you're open to have this phone call, or if you're open to have this type of conversation, would that be okay for you? Now I'm going to go into and clarifying what I want at the end of this conversation, what I want for them and what I don't want and what I don't want for them. And then I'm going to ask questions. I want you to do me a favor, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect. At any part of this conversation, I want you to think about those on both sides, what we want and what we don't want. And I want you to hold me accountable because if it's not going to get us to those outcomes, I don't, I'm not really interested in talking about this further. Yeah, because, well, and that's that's the key part. That's actually the key part in a lot of areas in sales is is the expectation that you set from the beginning and, and how they're perceiving you right from the beginning. Because you can build up a ton of credibility and authority just from the way that you handle that initial intro. Right. And and then how you conduct yourself throughout it. So if you've now created a, that safe environment to where at that point, it's okay to screw up. So uh, that's that would be the first step. If you're not doing that already, Make sure that you're doing that. That's going to probably solve a lot of your your uh, you know difficulties that you may already be having. Right. If you're in a scenario where you didn't do that, or maybe you you did, but not to the extent that which it was needed, and then you said something that you screwed up or maybe shouldn't have said, then you got to break the pattern at that point or break what's happening in that person's mind. Right? right. So that that's the other piece of it is if you're if I just did something to offend you, you know, whether I apologize or ignore it or whatever ends up happening in that state. Now I got to make up for it and I got to take you somewhere else to where you're not thinking about that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And usually it's, I'm going to take it to a place where they're talking more about themselves or things that they like, things that they're actually passionate about. And I'm going to start going more towards that side. Remember people, people, you when your prospect's on the phone with you, the only thing that they care about is themselves and their outcome. Right. That's it. Right. And then they don't give a shit about your title. They don't give a shit about who you are. They don't care. Right. Exactly. And so the other part of it is that they also want to know that you're not a piece of shit. Right. So right. like, right. like just being frank with them. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. Right. They want to know that you are who you actually are. And so 
make sure that everything that you do revolves around that. And so from your setup, setup is everything. And that's why I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But I will tell you that most of the things that you can solve in sales by making sure that your your intro and your setup and expectations and how you handle that is correct, because that's now that's your anchor. You're going to keep going back to that on the reasoning behind a lot of things that you may ask, a lot of things that may you may do. You can even justify some things that may have offended them through it, right? Because maybe your expectation with them is that I'm not going to be the person that just sits here and coddles you. I'm going to be the person. I, I care more about your outcome than I care about anything else. And that's why for at this point moving forward, I may ask you questions you may not like. I may say things that you may not like. Mm-hmm. And I'd like us to have a relationship where you're op- you can feel open enough to tell me if there's something that you don't like, but you also are understanding of why I'm taking you or pushing you to a certain level. Because again, you're telling me this is what you, you're going to tell me what your outcome is. And my role here is to help you. And that's what I'm going to do. So some of the signs to look for when people get scared. I mean, there's two things usually happen. They're going to get real quiet or they're going to push back. It's not really that difficult because you might have somebody that, you know, withdraw away from the conversation or avoid talking about something, maybe mask it a little bit. Or then you might have another type of person that they'll keep pointing fingers about why they don't want to talk about it. Or they'll push back and start using profanity or talking louder than you, trying to control the conversation a little bit. Have you ever had a buyer do that with you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's um, I've, I've, I've had it in the past until I used what you were talking about before. And that's how I set up the call. Right. Right. And so this is where you know who you are really shows. Because what your personality t- type is and how you handle certain things really shows, right? And so, you know, I would love to sit here and tell everybody about what you can do in every scenario. But the truth of it is, the responses that you get also sometimes have to do with how you come across, right? And mm-hmm. and how the person feels like they can talk to you. And so that's why now with my clients, I, I have my expectations include how we will conduct ourselves and what I will tolerate and things that I won't tolerate. And then what things that you know, what things they will tolerate and things that they won't tolerate. It's a two-way relationship, right? And so I'm going to tell them what my expectations are and I'm going to find out what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. But now in today, today, like the West of today handles things a, a little bit different, meaning that if somebody, if somebody is acting a certain way like that, you know, whether they're being, whether they're being quiet and, you know, I've, I haven't gotten the other one in a while, but even if they're, you know, trying to get loud or using profanity. And again, it's, it's just how you're conducting yourself. Have you set it up properly? And if it does happen, what's your response, right? So is your, are you just going to let it happen or are you going to stand your ground? Because my, my response is going to be, look, if say they're using profanity or being loud, this isn't the kind of relationship, as we talked about before, this isn't the kind of relationship that we're going to have. Hmm. And so I need to understand right now if this is what's going to keep happening or why this is happening um, and, and how can we fix it or we're going to have to end this relationship here and not be able to move forward because we're not going to be able to work. You know, I care about your outcome. Again, I'm going to go back to that. I care about your outcome and you doing what's best f- for you and where you're trying to go. But us you know, having this type of a, an approach isn't going to work, right? So what can we do to fix it? And I'm going to put it back on them. Right. And then and I'm going to let them gauge or they're going to, I'm going to let them tell me if somebody is quiet, same thing. Hey, you know, John, I, I'm sensing that maybe either I'm hitting a soft spot here or this is something that you don't really care to talk about, you know, because of because I feel like we're you're being a little bit quiet with me. And so tell me what's going on. How can we you know, tell me what's going on in this situation? How can we make things better? Or, you know, how can I help you? Right. But again, it, it, I'm going to beat the dead horse here, but the it goes back to the fact that I've already created the environment for that. 
right? So it, it just all goes back to that, I believe, in my opinion. It does. I mean, a lot of people fail because they don't know how to frame properly. I frame everything I do, Wes. People don't want to be pulled and dragged to the finish line in your sales process. They want to gradually go on their own pace and make it feel like it's their pace. But they don't realize that I'm pulling them just a little down the road a little faster because I'm helping them and prepping them on what's going to happen. Like say, for instance, Wes, if I told you, I need you to go to the store and get donuts and chocolate milk and you've never been to London, okay? And I tell you, the store's right down the street to the right. It's got a sign on it. It says, donut shop. (laughs) I don't know. And you'll go, okay, I'll go by myself. They're like, all right. And then you go walk down the street. You're not going to get there as fast as you normally would or, or have the same amount of confidence, would you? No, not, not unless you're, if you're with me, it'd be a whole different story. So if I'm with you, Wes, and you've never been there, but I'm going to walk with you there, your mind's not thinking about the outcome anymore, are you? No, now I'm not, th- you know, I'm not thinking about the uncertainty of getting there. Right. right? I'm not thinking about the, you know, okay, so if I get onto this block, do I make a left or a right? And if I make a left, am I going to get stabbed by a bunch of muggers, right? Like I'm not thinking about those things. What I'm thinking about is, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm with Chris. He's going to walk me there. He knows exactly where to go. And so what I can focus on now is how that chocolate donut is going to taste. Right. Not that we love chocolate donuts and chocolate milk. I will. I mean, it kind of does make me hungry. I haven't had a donut in a while. (laughs) If you have trust and mutual trust, you can get to your destination pretty quickly. If you lean on the other person, that's exactly what you're doing in a phone call or a one-on-one meeting or whatever. You want them to trust you so much. They don't really care about getting there. Where what needs to happen? All they care about is getting there. Yeah, they they care about what it's going to be when they have it, right? Versus right everything they have to do to get it. Okay, so there's two conditions when safety is at risk. All right, lack of mutual purpose and lack of mutual respect for one another, and that's a good indication on things are wrong, going wrong, and that tends to happen in a lot of personal relationships, completely. And they don't feel safe enough to share their true feelings because they're scared about what's going to happen from that. This goes the same way in sales. If you're going to talk about things, you best be able to put your money where your mouth is. Because if you open up that can of worms, you're going to have to deal with the outcome, man. And sometimes when you're trying to approach a really hard conversation with people, don't do it unless you have a couple anchors and have this knowledge. I'm telling you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. And the other piece of it is if you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't know how you can solve it, you got to take that approach as well. Meaning that you got to take the approach of I'm here to listen and I'll help figure it out, but I'm not here to solve. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to give advice. I'm not here to do any of those things. And if there's a topic I don't know about, right. Or if I'm going to, you know, if there's a hard conversation that needs to be had, but I don't know how to work it out. I'm just going to, I'm going to frame it again as in I'm here to understand, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here to understand so we can, so that we can work on a solution. Right. Right. And so, but some people, you, I mean, we've seen this all the time. Some people are just like, they act like they're, they're the expert of everything in the world. Meaning that, oh yeah, you know, you get on, to, you get on a phone call, you always know everything about everything. And I'll tell you that you just come across as inauthentic. And so when you get really good, it's when you don't care about what you actually know and don't know. It's that you understand how to have the conversation so that you can get to the ideal outcome and you can be 
okay in your and you're okay in your vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. If you have a misunderstanding, what would you do in that type of situation? Well, I got to go back. I got to create the safe environment again, right? But I got to well at that point, I need to remove the emotion, right? And especially if there's a lot of emotion there. And so, but for me as the seller, I need to accept the disagreement. Mm. Meaning that I need to create the environment of understanding and seeing it from their point of view so that then they can reciprocate. And so if somebody doesn't see something my way, I'm not going to come and say, hey, you're wrong. You're like, Chris, I, I don't believe what you're saying here. I think we, I think it should be another way. I'm going to say, can you explain a little bit more about why you feel that way? Can you can you tell me a little bit more about how that works? Right. You know, can you tell me a bo- more about, you know, where you where you thought of this, right? I'm going to start digging in because I'm showing understanding, and you know, or if I said if I said something to offend you, it's still the same thing. I'm still going to investigate, right, and say, you know, I believe maybe I I didn't quite understand where we we're going with this or what you know what was going on here, and so can you explain to me a bit more? The best thing you can do is put it on the other person and and have them start talking again about the things that they care about or what they believe, and then lead them down the path to a mutual understanding. Usually, being what the right what the right understanding or right the path is at that point. So, say for instance, you get a mutual agreement and you break through with your buyer, and you know for sure you have because they're like, "Oh, thank you, Wes. I really appreciate what you did there. No one's ever taken the time to do that. We hear this all the time because it's what we do, right? Right. But say for instance, you get them you get them at that point. How important is follow up? That that's the key. It's funny. I was saying this to someone yesterday. Um, and the sale isn't made when you collect the money. It's not. Right? And so, and and then in this same instance, you didn't win because of the mutual understanding. What happens from here is now that now I need to capitalize on what just happened, meaning that now I need to start leading you even further. And so mm-hmm. now we're going to start start talking about the next steps. We're going to start talking about what's going to happen. You know, we're going to start. That's because now we have the mutual agreement. We can start filling in the gaps. And so, you know, even if I've taken your money. I mean, that's it's extremely important, especially if I've taken your money. And so now we're going to start looking at what we're going to do next. We're going to get on follow-up calls because I got to continue the the whole perception of that relationship, meaning that I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. And that will solidify who I am in their mind. Right. Especially if you prep them so well that, hey, what's going to happen when you hit that corner? Watch that corner because there's a bunch of bums there that's going to you know mug you, what you're talking about, right? Right. Well, you know, before you get there, your subconscious mind is telling you, hey, I'm getting close to this area. Chris told me that I need to, you know, make sure that I'm okay and pay attention. My guard's up. I'm alert. Danger, danger. But if I don't tell you that and you just keep walking and you pull money out in the same time, I mean, it's not going to be a real good situation for you, is it? Not at all. Okay. So let's, let's peel back the layers of that and what I did in that type of situation. But in sales, what you would do is you prep them so well what's going to happen later on, even if it's bad, even if it's going to ruin their motivation or like make them want to quit. They're going to be like, Chris told me about this. I feel okay. He told me how to overcome it. Now they don't need you and hold your hand while you're doing it. Does that make sense? Right. Like, even if like, I don't, you know, depending on where somebody's or what kind of sales you do, but like, for example, say you, you know that throughout your sales process, after you take the money, counter someone that they're not going to, to necessarily like or that doesn't really handle things very well, mm. you know, and that person technically is a person that's part of my team, right, in that instance, I can still prep them for it. 
Right. You know, I can still prep them and make sure that they're they have an armor on and they're not they're going to be unbeatable in that sense. And so, uh, but it could be anything else too. It could be how they feel about maybe, for example, if they're financing something, it could be how they're going to feel about the debt, right? In three months, you know. So you know, a lot of times in three months, you'll start feeling a little bit of anxiety about this. Here's what you need to do in that instance, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it just builds up your credibility in their mind. But also, what it's doing is it's making whatever the things that are bad okay. And that changes their perception and their mindset. And that's actually the best thing you can do for somebody. It is. It is. It brings me back to a quote that's one of my favorite quotes. It's Thomas Edison. He says, vision without execution is hallucination. People tell me their dreams all the time, man. I have a vision, Chris. Oh, yeah? What's the steps you need to take? Well, what do you normally do? And I start digging into it, right? And I realize they have a lack of follow through or a lack of motivation behind it. Whatever it is. I don't know. Vision is different in a dream because you have a vision, but then you have to be able to visualize what you need to do moving forward to get to the outcome. I mean, big goal decisions on paper, that sounds great, but we talked about this earlier in the week together individually. I don't like to set a goal. <laughs> you know, like my goals need to be limitless. I need to make it me. I want to hit a certain level. That's a target. That's not a goal. That's a target I need to hit because I need to get to the next peak. I mean, help, help the listeners kind of understand what I'm talking about with yeah. this. Um, so it's funny. This is part of kind of my morning ritual, which is talking about vision here. So I, I have a very clear vision of where I'm going, which is, the, uh, of course, is the first step in getting anything, any, getting anywhere, right? And you need to be clear on where you're headed. But what happens is I'll go to the gym in the morning, and there's one specific time where I'll go do a jog or a walk around um, a few laps. And in that time, what I do is I'll envision my normal vision. It's always the same, right? Because it's I'm very clear on what it is. I'm envisioning what I'm going to do, what my life is going to look like, and I go into detail about that. But then also during that time is that's my critical thinking time where I'm thinking about what do I still need to do now? What do I need to do today, right? And what's the next step of where I'm at? I wish I could explain this to people, but you need to get into the trenches, like, especially in today's world, we, we people try to win the game without playing it. Right. Right. So they just want the outcome. They don't want everything else. Well, you got to go through the garbage. Like the, you got to play the game. You got to lose. You got to do all that to come out the other side and actually get to where you want to go. And so when you go back to your buyer and whatever kind of relationship you have with your buyer at that point or whatever it is that they're trying to buy, you need to be able to give them the frame of mind or the mindset to allow them to know that. I'm not here. I'm not, you know, yes, I'm here for the outcome, but I'm prepared to work. Right. Like I'm prepared, you know, and so that's, I believe the piece in, in which you're referencing, Chris, is yes, have the vision, but also you need to execute on it. And that's where your intention has to be execution mm-hmm. uh, while still the vision is always in the back of your mind on why you're doing it. First thing I usually tell people is when they go to set a goal, and I'm going to tell, tell them you're going to fail. And they're like, what? You're going to fail. I like to fail. That lets me know that I'm actually on track. Yeah. That there's some strength or weakness that I need to look at and measure and reassess my approach. But I want everyone to know that everyone needs to freaking fail every day. It's something. I'm not saying fail to the point where you go bankrupt or fail to the point where you ruin a relationship. No one likes to, you know, have that that feeling of loss. That's one of my fears. And that's where the execution piece is so important. Is about why do you need this to happen? Be clear about what you want and most importantly, why you want it. Does your goal support the things that you decide matter most to you? 
some people struggle with this phase of the process because they're not a hundred percent sure about certain goals. I found in, you know, having my mission and values and goals clearly written and posted in multiple places where I can see them every day, Wes, helps me stay focused. Personally, in my life right now, I'm I'm going through a lot. So what I've been doing is I've gotten better with some of the things that I do work with companies on. I'm more in tune with my emotions because I've been working at them more. Does that make sense? Yeah, I and I absolutely agree with you. I mean, again, it goes back to absolutely goes back to execution, and you just got to think to yourself. Because here, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like most of February, I failed. Like I failed most of that month, and just being keeping it real. And you know, I had some successes in certain things, but you know what? You know, all of that failure has given me so much more clarity. And so people don't understand that though. That's why if you if somebody's struggling to find their passion. You know, or control their emotions, or any any of that. You have to go through it in order to be able to understand it, right? It's not something you can just read in a book. I can sit here and talk to you about why all day long, and it doesn't matter because you have to live it, right? And so, and that's how you grow from it. And now this month, I'm so much more clear. I feel like I have so much more headway because of the fact that I knew what happened that that what I failed at in February and how it made me feel, what it resulted to, and what I don't want and do want. And going back to your buyer, that's what you have to instill in them. You have to instill the values and the principles, but also you have to instill those things in yourself first, right? So, because you got to represent that when you talk to somebody. And that's why like people like you and I, Chris, don't get many objections anymore because we we have core values. We have a certain mindset and a, and a, a certain way that we, we think that we just won't accept any other way. So people naturally will start to follow suit, right? You know, and so... But that's that's a huge part. That's a lesson that I can't, you know, any, nobody can really teach you. We can talk about it, but you have to adopt it. You have to actually go through it. And I, I talked about this in a video the other day. You got to become unbeatable. Unbeatable meaning that every, you know, pe- people are, life is going to knock you in the face, right? Things are going to get in your way, but it's how you respond, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's how you truly start to feel about it. And so when you start looking at it as one big game, you know, it, it changes things, right? Because now I, I expect that I'm going to lose at times, uh, you know, but I'm still going to win at the end. Winning at the end isn't really you accomplishing something and someone else losing. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. In certain situations, there's no winning because you're focused on a bigger outcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as long as they get to that outcome, I can give a shit about myself. Do you know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. A master salesperson will address objections up front and during the sales process, but we know things don't always go according to plan in sales, Wes. But sometimes I'll actually put myself on a line to be able to get a buyer in a situation where they can see the other side of what they need to accomplish. Momentarily, possibly, or it could be in a in the duration of the sales process, but I'll sacrifice myself for them to actually see that it's possible to accomplish their goal and didn't even know that that could be their goal. They just thought it was a dream. Does that make sense? I, was, I know that's a that's it sounds really weird, but <laughs> it's coming up, right. you know, that I'm talking about it. But it's true, like because yeah. I would much rather me lose that potential sale or have a setback because I know I can my confidence level is high. I can overcome it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like right. I can overcome that objection because I know this is going to set them back momentarily. But I'm going to at least open that curtain, peel back the curtain a little bit and go, see? And that's that's where I would tell you that, I mean, that, that's, 
that's exactly where you won, right? Because a sale is not where you win. I don't win at sales by, by making, you know, by making sales, right? I can do that effortlessly and I'm not worried about that part. Where I win is me as a person, right? And that's where a lot of salespeople need to adopt that to where I win because of who I have become through this. Right. And that's, and so whether, whether I get the sale or whether that my objective or goal, again, my objective or goal, whether I get that or not, that's not how I win. I win by the fact that I've grown. Mm-hmm. And that's where the focus really needs to be because, again, you're going to instill those same principles onto the people that you speak to in your everyday life and as your buyers, your clients, and everybody else in between. And so you have to, but you have to believe it. You know, you have to actually live it and be willing to make those sacrifices. Salespeople are so worried about losing that sale, especially when it's a say, for instance, they got, I don't know, five steps they need to accomplish or five touch points. I'll look at it differently and I'll look at the touch points in the middle of those five that's actually going to help me and prep me for the next phase. Anyways, it's a longer story. But salespeople get so caught up into, okay, I got this person on step four, Wes, or you know that closing call, I guess you would say. Well, I've seen you do this for years and we're very similar with this. I close way before that because I know that I'm not going to waste my time on four and go, oh, they're broke. I'm like, well, shit, you should have known that in the first three minutes of the conversation. Does does that make sense? So it's like people get so caught up in it because they're they're emotionally attached or whatever it is. I don't know. But yeah, well, and that's, that's the thing is like, I'll have a conversation with somebody. And the first thing I'm talking about in that first conversation that I have with them is part of when I say my expectations or, or the agenda for that call is we're going to talk about all the things that I need to ensure that they're qualified. Right. Right. And, but in most cases, I've actually grabbed those things way beforehand. Right. So I'm on this call just for the, because of the fact that I usually already know that they're qualified. But even if I didn't, same thing. But now I'm going to set the expectation of what's going to happen with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the proactive versus the reactive approach. And, and it's so funny. It's so funny that we're talking about this because I see most like 95% of salespeople take this approach, which is, I'm going to follow step by step exactly what I'm told. And I'm going to, you know, talk to this person about a very specific thing on call number one and then call number two and then call number three. And then I'm going to pitch them on call number four. Okay. And then I'm going to follow with them on call number five. All right. And that part where I said pitch, that's the part that I can't stand as well. But the, but that's how people take the approach is that lazy or, or reactive approach. Cause now you're hoping that that person says yes hmm. versus Call number one, I talk to you about exactly what's going to happen, exactly what my expectations are, exactly what you can expect from me. And then I'm going to talk to you about type of the, the different converse, type of conversations we're going to have and why they're important. Because again, I'm gonna, the frame of the whole thing is that I'm here to help you get to your ideal outcome. And these are the little pieces that we need to talk about in order to get there. And part of those usually in, in every call that I have is going to be the fact that we're going to talk about their roadmap and what some of the strategies they need to implement. And then we're also going to talk about money and how they mm-hmm. can budget effectively, not if they're going to you know, invest anything, but how they're going to do it. And I'm going to start framing that for them as well. And then I'm also going to reassure them by letting them know that I will be here to give them clarity throughout this whole process. And so don't, don't worry about overthinking this whole thing because mm-hmm. I'm here to walk you through it. Establish control, establish authority and credibility. But now they expect that I'm going to not sell them something, I'm going to help them handle how they're going to invest in certain things. Um, and then we're going to move forward in that relationship. Say for instance, you can't break through with the buyer for a second and you're not getting to a mutual agreement and there's one common objection and it keeps coming around that corner, right? Again, and it keeps coming back to it. 
what would what kind of advice would you give a listener that has that type of situation yeah all all other things considered and you've set up the the relationship the right way mm. you this is the part where you need to slow down and stop trying to avoid it and so this is again for me this is where i'm very direct so i'll say something you know it's gonna be like chris this is what i've noticed right because again we've established the the relationship where i can say this here's what i've noticed that's been happening you know as we talk about a very certain subject can you walk me through how you've dealt with certain things in the past or can you talk me through how you really feel about this mm-hmm. why do you feel about this the way that you do what what do you feel like you need to do to, to overcome how you feel about this right i'm going to start asking them questions and, and having them tell me what they're going to do right because again the the state of mind that i have them in with the way that i approach the relationship is that we're always thinking objectively to how we can get to the ideal outcome. Right. And so I can come to you and tell you, hey, I, you know, obviously, you know, I, I and this, I'll frame it. I can frame it just like this. You know, Chris, I know that we're headed towards, you know, the outcome that you're searching for. And we, we've been doing everything that we can. have been having great conversations. For me as the person that obviously, you know, I'm here to help you get to your ideal outcome. I'm here to just make sure that you're doing what's best for you moving forward. There's one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about. And I want to make sure that I address it now because I could be misunderstanding something myself, you know, or I just want to get a lot more clarification so that I know how I can recommend certain things moving forward. So this is what I've noticed. And now I'm going to go through it. Can you talk to me more about that? And then I can address it that way. But again, I'm still, I still have the authority, even though I said I'm unsure of something, I showed a level of vulnerability or, or something that I don't know. I'm still the authority. I'm still credible. I'm still someone, you're still viewing me as someone who's here to help me. So I've created a safe environment. Now you can actually tell me what's really going on. Because you have to probe all the way through. You know, you got to get to the right, the real deal. <laughs> it's almost like certainly have to design the perfect set of questions for that particular buyer. Like, why were your expectations so high for yourself? And you're not. And because I'm what I'm trying to do with the US is help you be realistic. You're shooting too high for a second because you don't know how to run yet. You don't know how to walk. You don't, you know, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, what else have you considered doing since you know you signed up for this program? I mean, how you handle moving to get there. I mean, you have to be able to learn to do things on yourself. You know, like I don't know. Like you you talked about something real quick and you said slow it down. That's perfect because a lot of people do is they rush through that because it's uncomfortable. They rush and they miss so much golden opportunities. I know that we wanted to take the time to kind of go through some questions because I want I want to use this as a pivot point, I guess, Wes, is that we'll try to use, you know, answering some of the questions that our listeners sent in when we're ready to make a pivot. And I'll think about real hard about, you know, we'll have a separate conversation, Wes, and where where the direction we want to go with the next couple episodes and the next set. What are some of your ideas, Wes? Yeah. And, and this is where, you know, again, we feed a lot off of, you know, what people are sending in. Like today's question was a perfect question, you know, because it's something that someone's really actually struggling with or something that right. they're encountering. And so where, where I would love to see moving forward is the more of these questions that we get, we can take the time to be able to answer them because, you know, Yes, we have things that we that we want to talk about. We have things that are very important. But sales sales isn't something you can learn in a day, right? It's something you have to experience and it's something that you have to, you know, encounter and something that you have to learn 
you know, those little things at a time that will help you get to that next level. And so that's where I would love to make the most impact is by people sending in things that are potentially holding them back, or maybe they think that's what it is and we can uncover something else with it on the call, you know, but they can send in what they feel like maybe something that they're struggling with. And then we could take from there because we can talk about strategy. We can talk about psychology approach and everything else. Um, And we have all of that, but the best thing that we can do is I, I believe is take the questions coming in and respond to them because now they're in real time as well, which is beautiful. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Just like when you we talked about, and there's a big loop back, but we talked about earlier, you mentioned going and speaking on stage. I can go and talk about sales all day, Wes. It doesn't really matter to me. Like, So the first question I usually ask, who am I talking to? Where, where can I make more of an impact with them? So, I mean, this kind of like, you know, we need you guys. We need you guys to you know, continue to keep, you know, listening in. And I appreciate every single last one of you. We both do. Our whole team does. But the main thing is like, you know, reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you and how we can make more of an impact. That's all we're here for. Wes, anything else? No, I mean, I would just reiterate what you said. And, you know, we're we're happy to help you in so many ways that you guys don't even really realize yet. So absolutely, I would just second that. And we look forward to seeing questions coming in. Beautiful. I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have fun. Have a good rest of the week. Don't do anything we would do. And we'll see you Monday. Y'all take care. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.